Hey, don't y'all love Pastor Chachaluevano? Come on, just show some love right now. Christian. Christian. His real name is Christian. Some of you just thought that Ronaldo was Christian, but uh, no, Luevano. You may know who Christian Ronaldo is. Come on, any? Okay. I got my, I got my uh, Adidas on today. Man, I've been jumping higher than ever before. It's amazing. These stretchy jeans and an oversized shirt. Come on. Good, good all up in this house. Hey, welcome. We're glad you're here today. I want us to pray, if we can, for another church in our community, because we know that God is doing a great and awesome work. And today, we're actually going to celebrate. Today is the 120-year anniversary for the First Baptist Church of Bernie, Texas, okay? I love that. 120 years. Can you believe that? Faithfulness to the gospel message, um, you know, just continuing to, to, to minister to families and people. And, you know, the, the fleshly part of me is like, Lord, give them another great 120 years. But I'm just going to pray that this next year is the best year in their history. Amen. Right now they're gathered together and they're celebrating and, and worshiping. And, uh, and I think it's okay for us as the body of Christ to celebrate with another part of the body of Christ. Amen. And so I know you've been standing. You got one more in you? Cheney, let's all stand up. Here we go. We're going to pray one more time. Grab somebody's hand as a sign of unity in this house today. And uh, for you single people, this is your moment. Find that other single person and just... All the single... Okay, sorry. Let's pray and celebrate. God, thank you so much for who you are. You are a miracle-working God. Did we not just sing that? How many of you believe that? Let me hear you right now. Father, we thank you that you're alive and active in our world today and that your, your spirit is present with us in this house today. But God, we know that you're not a God that is contained to one location, that you are a God that is able to cover a multitude of places today. And today, we specifically celebrate with those gathered at the First Baptist Church of Bernie, celebrating 120 years. Lord, we wanna thank you for that house that has for all these years been alive in this community. It's a city set on a hill. God, thousands upon thousands of lives have been changed through the faithful ministry of, of the body of believers gathered there. And so God, today we say thank you for them and for, for, for their ministry here, not only in the hill country, but across the world. Lord, today I wanna pray for their next pastor, wherever he is right now. Lord, he, he, he may be on a, pul on, on a stage right now, standing behind a, a pulpit, and he may be preaching a message right now. God, I, I pray first of all that today he would preach the sermon of his life wherever he is. But God, in your way and in your timing, would you direct them to that individual? God, that, that he would come and lead that church further in the advancement of your kingdom. But God, we thank you in advance for what you're gonna do. I do pray that this next year is the best year in their history. I pray that the enemy would shudder at what's gonna happen there at 631 South School Street. <laughs> Woo, you're about to do it. Would you shake the walls? Lord, would your name be glorified and lifted high? Lord, would, would the truth of, of, of your word be spoken of unashamedly? And God, may your worshipers gather in spirit and in truth and give you what you're worthy of. Woo, thank you, Father. And Lord, thanks for being with us here today. Mm, you've already been at work. And Lord, I'm, I pray that as we dive into your word today, and God, that, that the word would not return void and that you would do a work in us with the word of God today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, 
Amen. Thank you guys so much. Have a seat. Those of you that have dialed in and watching us online, trying to cram in that one final week of vacation. Right? And I know that some schools have already started. And I know some of you guys don't have to start till after Labor Day. Man, don't you remember those good days? Oh, man, when school was like after Labor Day. Come on, some of you homeschool parents, I know y'all are like, bro, we ain't taking a day off. We, we still been kicking it at our crib. So, hey, for those of you, whoever, those of you as Pastor Chase and Pastor Tim already prayed, those of you in leadership positions, thank you. Listen, God has placed you there. Whether you're a bus driver, whether you're making decisions at central office, whether you're at family Christian trying to find a curriculum to teach, whatever, God has placed you in those classrooms and athletic fields and buses and homes for a purpose. You are, have an opportunity to be salt and light. And students, listen, I want you guys to work harder than you've ever worked before. In fact, I was talking to Pastor Chase and Pastor Tim just a few months ago. Um, Your parents have given us all permission to look at the parent portal, and we're going to look at your grades over the course of, of of the semester. And if we find you slacking, burpees for everybody, okay? Just kidding. Just kidding. But it is good. Parents... You did a great job as an activities director this summer. Thank you. You're free. In fact, I think we all parents need to meet at like Krispy Kreme tomorrow or something. Just have a party. Amen. Come on. I know that many parents have been dropping kids off at colleges this weekend. Man, I've loved, you know, looking and it's like a Pinterest board, all the pictures they're posting of what the rooms look like and everything like that. My wife hooked me up with Pinterest about three weeks ago and it's a, it's a sad day in the Brown home. So, uh... I've not looked at it. I've got like 117 messages waiting for me, but, but that's okay. Y'all want me to preach a little bit or just continue to ramble? It's a good day. Hey, today we wrap up this series entitled Train to Win. This summer, we've been looking at disciplines that we fa- find evidence in the life of Jesus Christ. And listen, we're, we're a church. We're the body of Christ. And we're just a little crazy here at 1910. We believe that if something was a part of the life of Jesus, it probably ought to be a part of our lives. And so this summer, we've kind of been unpacking some of these things, these, these disciplines, these, these, these practices that we find in the life of Jesus. We've been kind of encouraging you, challenging challenging you with them to, to, to make them a part of who you are as well. So we've talked about things like study and worship. We've looked at things like rest and prayer. We've talked about making disciples and this act of confession. We looked at fasting. That was the worst one of all of them. We've looked at this thing of, I was joking, celebration. And we had a party going on right here, a celebration to last We've talked about service. Pastor Chase Courtney challenged us with this area of purity. Last week, we talked about this, this discipline of generosity. And yeah, I just want to share that. Last week, I had you, uh, I mentioned the legacy team. These are for individuals that, listen, giving is a spiritual gift. Did you know that? It is. And, and some of you in this house have a, this spirit of generosity all over you. And, 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 and I just feel like maybe we've done you a disservice by not challenging you enough. You're, you're looking for kingdom movements. You, you want to give towards kingdom advancement. And so we've put together this thing called the legacy team. Last week, I asked some of you to, if you're interested, just fire off an email to legacy at 1910church.com. We had some email issues last week. And so if you've not gotten a response from us that we missed you, so go ahead and fire that off right now. If you're interested in being part of that, we're going to be gathering together in the next few weeks and sharing some, some big, big vision with you. Some things that, that we believe God's calling us to get behind as 
a church. And then, listen, this thing of, of generosity, it's not about a dollar amount. It's a heart issue. And, and, and just as we looked at the story last week of the, of the widow who gave two small coins, right? That's, she gave out of her poverty. She gave everything she had. Listen, it's, it's not about how much you give, but it's about just your heart. And I just want to, to be generous. And so if you're interested in that, please fire off an email to us as, uh, today and, and, and we'll get back with you and, and let you know about the incredible things happening up. But today I want to wrap this series up with, with, with uh, a, a, another discipline. And it's this, this discipline of a fellowship. Say Fellowship. Fellowship. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says this All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to what? To fellowship and to sharing in meals that included the Lord's Supper, and they devoted themselves also to prayer. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of the word fellowship, but we in the, in the church world, we as Christians tend to throw that word around fellowship quite a bit, right? We, we, we say to someone, hey, let's have some, some fellowship together. Or say, hey, let's, let's all gather today in the fellowship hall. How many of you grew up in a church where you had a fellowship hall, right? And heaven forbid you talk and have a good time outside of that hall. That's where you go to eat, you know, casseroles that had, you just didn't know what it was, but that's where you could have a good time. In the auditorium, no good time. Fellowship hall, that's where we party, right? We tend to think of fellowship as some sort of social gathering, some sort of social activity. But today, if you'll let me, I want to unpack this a little bit more because fellowship is more than just small talk. In fact, I have a definition for you that I want to kind of, kind of share with you from the very beginning. Fellowship is about being united as a body of believers. It's encouraging one another to follow Jesus. And so when we go back to that passage we started with today in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we, we, we read it says that the believers devoted themselves to, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Now, the word fellowship in the Greek is the Greek word koinonia. And for some of you, you, you scholars that have studied, you, you, you know what, when we use that word koinonia, it, it could be translated, this word fellowship we're looking at today, it could also be translated as partnership or communion. It can also be translated in some cases as this phrase to be generous. And so I want you to see that when we talk about fellowship hall, we're not talking about some crusty casserole in a hall. We're talking about something that happens within the body of Christ. It's more than just socializing. Listen, anyone can socialize. Anyone can get together and rally around a passion of theirs. Whether it's just an interest they have or something that really gets their motor running. We know that one of the things about millennials, and we oftentimes in our culture bust the chops of millennials, but what I do love about millennials is millennials are really passionate. They're really passionate, and when they get behind a cause, man, they go full force with it, and I love that, okay? But this thing of fellowship is not just rallying around our passions or an interest that we might have. When the Bible speaks of fellowship, it's not that kind of a gathering. It's not, not, not that just social interaction. It's different. It's different. It's people getting together to talk about the things of God. Now, I share with you that in this series, all summer, we've been looking at Jesus. Jesus is a pretty good model to follow. Would you agree? 
Come on, somebody. You've been looking at Oprah or Deepak Chopra. You need to look at Jesus, okay? We believe that Jesus is the life worth emulating and following, correct? And so we've been looking at Jesus. And, and, and when you read about Jesus in those four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you, you're gonna find that he was in constant fellowship with his father in heaven. But he was also in fellowship with some humans on earth, 12 that he chose, and we know them as what? Disciples, yeah. Not morons, disciples. Some betrayed him, yes. Some denied him, yes, but they were his disciples. And when you remember the life of Jesus and his interaction with the disciples, you're, you're gonna find that they spent enormous amounts of time together. Scripture says they walked together. They camped out together. They, they, they traveled together. First instance of carpool or Uber that you find in all of, of history. These guys moved in a pack together, right? We know that Jesus with fellowship with his disciples, he, he taught them many things. He taught large crowds, but more importantly, we find time and time again, the gospels laced with Jesus spending time teaching these 12. He also gave them opportunities to minister. There were times in which he, he modeled it for them. He showed them what to do. But then there were also times in which he sent them out on their own, remember? And give, gave them opportunities to minister. We know that when Jesus considered fellowship with his disciples, that it also meant sometimes he had to rebuke them. He had to, 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 to get on to them or encourage them strongly but lovingly, right? And a lot of you people like that word rebuke, and, but, but, but just know that when Jesus oftentimes rebuked them, it was from a heart of love and with a desire to see them really grow and become better. Are you with me there? We know that Jesus, as he fellowship with these disciples time and time again, uh, he was encouraging to them encouraging to them time and time again. Fellowship was a big deal with Jesus and his disciples. But we also know that Jesus spent a lot of time in fellowship and communion and partnership with his Father in heaven. Are you with me there? In fact, time and time again, Scripture gives us story after story, account after account, Jesus spending time in prayer with God, his Father, seeking the Father's will in heaven above all. We, we, we know that when we read the accounts of Jesus, that it was in those crucial moments of his life and ministry that Jesus oftentimes would pray, right? You remember in John chapter something, two or three, four, the whole book of John is awesome. But after Jesus' baptism, after Jesus' baptism, he immediately wanders off, not wanders off, but he goes into the wilderness, right? He goes into the wilderness. You see, for 30 years of his life, Jesus had been a part of, of being a part of, of an earthly family, probably fulfilling the rights and, and, and requests of, of his mom and dad here on earth. But at the age of 30 and after his baptism, Jesus set out to begin to do the work of his father in heaven. Are you with me? There. You see, there was a difference there. And we know that he immediately after his baptism went out into the wilderness to pray and seek the Father. Now, somebody else met him in the wilderness too, didn't they? Who was that? Satan himself and began to tempt Jesus, right? But you find there Jesus in prayer. You, you, you find time and time again that the disciples would wake up one morning and they'd be looking for Jesus and he's, been, he's gone. It's because he was out on the mountainside or he was out somewhere in a quiet, solitude place praying, right? And they found him time and time. Where are you? We've been looking for you. Hey, guys, don't you know that, that I probably ought to begin my day spending time with the Father and hearing from him? Hey, would that not be good counsel for us? 
Hey, what would happen in our lives if before we ever set our mind to anything or put our hand to the plow, right? What would happen if we would spend time with the Father hearing from him first and foremost every day? Man, I can't help but think that our days might be a little bit better, that they might turn out a little bit different, right? I can't help but think that your relationships with people might just go a little bit smoother. I can't help but think that you might be a little bit more productive and useful with your time. Anybody ever waste time during the day? And they were like, oh man, I just, I can't get it all done. Well, because you farted around on Instagram for 30 hours today out of the 24, right? You know, but I just, we could be more productive or, or what if it, Hey God, listen, Hey God, today is not about my will, but yours, God. You see, that's what we see in Jesus's life. Are you with me? He spent time with, we know that even on his final night here on earth, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, really wrestling with his future, the cross, he knew what awaited him. And we find Jesus spending time in prayer with his father. And what was his prayer? Not my will, but yours be done. You see, Jesus practiced fellowship, not only with 12 disciples, but first and foremost with his father in heaven. And I love in John chapter five, when, when Jesus was teaching and, and performing miracles, look what it says in, in John five. It says, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. And whatever the father does, the son also does. You see, it's just that Jesus is getting his, his directive from God the Father in heaven. Hey, how many of you boys, excuse me, men, when you were boys, you wanted to be like dad? Anybody? Come on, let me see your hands. Anybody? Okay, bad illustration. Okay. Um, <laughs> wanted to be like my dad. And, and one of the things that I remember about my dad is he'd come home on the weekend and, and weekends in the fall, especially were for cutting firewood. And, and, and dad would never let me have a chainsaw, which is probably a good thing. But I'll never forget the day the dad that handed me the ax to split the wood. Oh my gosh. You, you would have thought I'd been given the keys to the kingdom right? Because my dad, but I wanted to be like my dad, right? That, that, that's G, G, Jesus in, in John 5 said, I'm not doing anything that I'm not seeing my father do. And by the way, if you want to know what God, the father in heaven is like, look at the life of Jesus. Those things that you see in Jesus's life are representative of God, the father. So listen, God's not mad at you and some judge that's cruel and vindictive. Do you ever find Jesus causing evil? Then therefore God the Father doesn't bring evil. Come on. Come on. We know some theology. God is good. If God is good, he cannot be bad. Who's bad? Satan's bad. Not God. Oh man, that's good. Thank you, Spirit, for giving me that. Jesus practiced fellowship and communion with the Father. And I just can't help but think that if Jesus needed fellowship with God, how much more do you and I need it also? But here's the thing about this thing called fellowship. Jesus knew that it would be challenging. In fact, before he was arrested and crucified in John chapter 17, we find Jesus praying these words for all the believers. He says, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Jesus knew it'd be challenging for us to have fellowship. 
And he's praying, God, God, keep them connected. Lord, would you keep these believers united? Would you keep them moving as one? That's why we pray for other churches at 1910 Church, because we know that we're one body. We worship differently. We have different styles and different times, and our house of worship looks different, but we are all connected through the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Jesus also knew that fellowship wouldn't happen just by accident. No one just falls into fellowship. I get tickled when somebody says, I fell in love. What does that mean? No, 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 you didn't fall in love. You, you, you fell into infatuation, but love takes time, doesn't it? And, 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 and getting to know somebody, right? In fact, anybody ever been attracted to somebody and thought you were in love, but you were severely disappointed at some point, right? Once you got to really know them, you got to know that person. They're evil. And you were just attracted to something, right? Listen, Jesus knew that this thing of fellowship would not just happen by accident. That's why the Holy Spirit inspired the author in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 to give us these words. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And look what he says. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Listen, regular gatherings like this with other believers, it requires discipline. That's why we're talking about it today. It's challenging. Guys, it doesn't come by accident. We must work to stay together. But there's something beautiful about being together with God's people. In fact, being together allows the embers of the fire of God within us to glow red hot. But, but do you know, you know how you put out a fire sometimes if you don't have water available? What, what do you do with a campfire? You spread it out. You, you, you get those embers away from one another. And what happens, Matt? It eventually burns out, right? Because there's no other ember to sustain or support the other one. You see, and that's what happens when we scatter as believers. Our fire grows cold. You heard Pastor Jen in the announcement video just a few moments ago that, that we learn best in groups and in circles, right? It's that idea of being together with other people. Here's the reality of it today. As stellar as this message is, it's good. This is not going to sustain you and your faith. You, you need to be around other believers that are gonna challenge you and encourage you with what God is speaking and saying to you. Does that make sense to anybody in this house? You see, that's the discipline of fellowship, and that's why it's so important. We all need brothers and sisters united in Christ to strengthen our faith. Mm. I had a great day yesterday morning, and it started really early, about 7 o'clock. I got up early because the mother dove had a lot of projects for me to do at the house. You know, I thought, man, I'm going to rest today and just kind of chill out. Uh-uh. Mama said, not going to do it. She had me working. So I, I'd already made a Home Depot run. I'd finished with all the supplies. I'd stockpiled before, you know, trailers and pods worth of, of mulch, but I didn't have enough. And about 7.30, 7.45, I'd made a Home Depot run. By the way, aren't you men thankful for some Home Depot? Come on. Come on, men. Don't let me, don't let me find you at Ikea. It's the Home Depot. You can take your dog there too. That's why I'm taking Bear on a walk. 
keep going. She's giving me this. I get off track and my personal Holy Spirit tells me to speed up and go. I was driving back after I'd stopped at Smoothie King for a super nutty grain, which is the most healthy one there, by the way. Can't you tell? Aren't I a specimen of health? <clears throat> and on K-Love, that 59 second of hope. You ever heard that on K-Love? Pastor Rick Warren comes on and he, he, he stole something from me. See, normally I'm stealing his messages. He ripped mine off. Pastor Rick said this yesterday. He said, you know, as Americans, we love to celebrate our independence, don't we? We have something called the Declaration of Independence. The 4th of July, we call that Independence Day. We love our independence, don't we? Listen, this thing called independence, when it comes to fellowship, can be a dangerous thing. It, this, this thing called independence, it, 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 can, it can threaten our very spiritual life. You see, we as Americans love this Lone Ranger attitude, don't we? Man, I can do it myself. Don't anyone tell me how to do it. I'm going to solve my own problems. I'm going to pick myself up when I get knocked down. And we love that Lone Ranger attitude. But I'm telling you, that attitude flies so in the face of Scripture. You, you, you don't find that attitude there. Listen, we're not meant to be independent in our relationship of faith. But we're to be interdependent. That means we need each other. You can't go at it alone. You need somebody else in your life spiritually to push you forward. Am I making sense? Not independent, but interdependent. That's what we need. Listen, when you're walking with God, you're going to want to be with God's people. On the flip side, if you're not walking with God you're not gonna want to be with God's people. I see it all the time. And I have found in the 28 years of ministry, yes, I started when I was five. I was anointed as a young boy. Just kidding. But I've seen it time and time again that when you're in fellowship with God and when you are getting in to his word, then you're gonna want to share what God is doing with other believers in Christ. You're gonna want to be around others and just share. Hey, can I just tell you the breakthrough that God brought in my life this week? Hey, can I tell you the miracle I saw happen? Listen, those things are for your good, but they're not just meant for you. They're meant to be shared with other people. Tell, tell, tell God, others about the breakthrough God's brought. Share, share the miraculous. Do we believe he's the miracle-working God? Tell somebody what he does. But listen, I found, I have found that people who are out of fellowship with God, they're almost always out of fellowship with other believers. And can I just, can I just be real to you? As if I haven't been, but let me, a lot of times the problem is not with the church, it's with the person. And we can get all mad and give the church the finger and run off and say all sorts of ugly things. We can get on social media and bash the bride of Christ. But oftentimes it's not the church, it's the person. I've seen someone that has covered up sin in their own life almost always will, will try to uncover the sin in other people's lives as well. So listen, here, here, here's the, the deal. If you find yourself today and you know where you're at, 
Are you in fellowship? Are you in communion with God? Are you spending time with him and his word and in prayer and growing? Are you? If you find yourself out of fellowship with him, check this out. You're gonna soon find yourself out of fellowship with other believers. You need it. Last week, I was a little transparent with you guys when I made this statement that I've stopped tithing to this church. Remember that? Some of y'all got all mad. Somebody walked out when I made that statement. Listen to the sermon and you'll understand my heart if you missed it. But I quit tithing. I give a little bit more, right? I'm gonna let you in on a little another secret about me as if you didn't know. I love a good restaurant. I like to eat, Brandy. And by the way, you sent me a birthday card with a coupon from High's Cafe. Preacher gonna get some pimento cheese all over himself at some point in the next week. Anybody in comfort? Y'all meet me there and it's on. I love a good restaurant. And when I find a good restaurant, you know what I do? I wanna take my friends there. I want other people to go. And, and I don't just take people there, but, but I begin to share with them what I like at that restaurant, what tastes good to me. Now, you can tell that there's not much that I won't put in here, all right? I know the menu at most of my restaurants like better than the server, all right? Uh, but, but, but I want people, my friends that I take, to discover what I've discovered. Hey, listen, in the same way, when we're being taught from God's word and we're being blessed, we want to share that with other people. Are you seeing what I'm saying? And when we come to places like this, we, we may talk about all sorts of things. I know that football season has is, is started. You guys are talking fantasy teams and, and all that. The band, I hear the band at my house every morning. It's so melodious. It's amazing. I love it. I love, the, I love percussion. Percussion, if you play percussion, you're, you're my hero. You are. I love it. I love percussion. And that's also, and we, we, we can come and talk about, hey, did you watch the Cowboy game last night? Or, or hey, listen, how's, how's your family? And we can make all sorts of talk whenever we gather. But listen, when we gather together as the body of Christ, our primary purpose is to talk about the things of God. That's the idea in Acts chapter 242. It's communicated there where we started today that the early Christians were being taught the word of God. And check this out. They wanted to share it with others. And guys, listen, do you know how big a deal it was for them to gather together? Their lives were in danger. So some of us get bitter for having to drive 10 minutes to get here on Sunday. These people lived in constant threat of their lives. They were the minority in their cities. They didn't get the best jobs in their cities. In fact, a lot of times they had to live in secret and in private as one community, right? Yeah, they got together. They devoted themselves. They fellowshiped and they shared the great things that God was doing. I love in 1 John 1, 3, it says this. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Here's what the early church understood, and here's what I want us to catch in relation to fellowship. Fellowship is about praying together. Fellowship is about serving together. Fellowship is about giving together. It's about us aging together and getting old. I can't wait till we have a senior adult pastor here that takes us to Branson on trips. Soji Tabuchi, can't wait, right? Anybody ever seen Soji Tabuchi in Branson? Yeah, right there. Don't be ashamed. He's good. 
He's good. He loves, he's good. It's about serving together. Hey, did you know when you heard it today that, that Nedra Buchanan, our connections coordinator, she got free food out and refuel. And, and don't think that I've not walked by there without tasting some of it. But she's there because we have people in this church that serve. They're gifted and they're utilizing their gifts for the advancement of the, the kingdom through this house. Some of you aren't serving. We'd love to get you on the, on the train with us. Yeah, Gap Band song, the party train's coming to my mind right now. Any Gap Band people in the house? Come on, Gap Band. We got Cool and the Gang and Gap Band. This is a cool church right here. That's what I'm talking about. You need, we, in fact, do you know what we call serve, people that serve here at 1910? We call them leaders because that's what they are, Ryan. They're leaders. They're leading in, at, in, in various aspects of ministry, but they're helping us find and restore. You ought to stop by and meet Nedra. She's awesome, first of all. But more importantly, what, what Nedra represents is she wants to get you connected in advancing the kingdom of God. That's fellowship. That's fellowship. We fellowship with God and with his people together. And as we get to know God through his word and as we fellowship with other believers, guys, we will grow stronger. In fact, check this out. The stronger your vertical relationship is, the stronger your horizontal fellowship will be. So if I'm here and if I'm good with God, check this out. My relationships that I share here on earth with other people are going to be stronger. Do you believe that? Now, stay with me real quick. I'm going to wrap this up. But, but I, want to, I want to shepherd you right now. Can I do that? I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. And I want you to, to just let the Spirit of God do something in you right now. Because I want to encourage you to have this strong desire to have communion and fellowship with your Father in heaven, first and foremost. I want to challenge you this week to begin your day with the Father in prayer and in his word, maybe even with just some, some, some uplifting music. I, I, I know two that's been released that are really good to get you going in the morning by 1910 worship, all right? I wanna encourage you to be in communion with the Father. And right behind that, I want to encourage you to find a fellowship of believers to fellowship with, connect with. Listen, you need a church. You need a church family to connect with, to plug into. Listen, you were created for connection with God. And one of his greatest desires for you is that you find a church family and stick with it. You know what our problem is today in the church in America? We got too many people bouncing around. We have too many people floating around from church to church. Oh, they have this activity going on. Oh, I'll go check it out. Oh, free pizza. That's where I'm going to go to youth. Or, oh, an activity. Ooh. Oh, guest speaker. I'm going there. I'm getting mad at my church. Somebody took my parking spot. The coffee wasn't par. It's bad. Preacher went over. The 70 minute time frame, ah, and we get mad and we, what we do is we bounce. We move from church to church and we're not sticking anywhere. Listen, 
God's desire is for you to find a spiritual community and stick with it. Just as you don't give up on your earthly family when things go a little sideways, I've been talking to some people today, 38 years of marriage, 31 years of marriage, 28 years of marriage. Listen, do you think in all those years of marriage that it's always been party train and celebration in those homes? No. Have there been struggles and seasons where, where, where you were at each other? Have there been gray bill? What do you do though? You stick together and you work through it. Hey, in your relationship with God, is it always party mountaintop with him? No, students, we've come back from camp. It's been a month. Have you had some setbacks and some struggles since we've come back from camp? Absolutely. That's life. That's life. Nothing ever goes perfectly, John. Sometimes we have struggle. It's just a greater opportunity for God to do an awesome work through that time. But listen, some of us, we bail on the church of Jesus Christ, the bride, whenever things get a little sideways. Listen, here's the deal. You need to find a church. Why? Because they need you. And you need it. You need them. You're gifted. There's something that God has placed in you to, to help a body, the church of Jesus Christ. Hey guys, find a place and stick with it. So here's the deal. If for those of you that have been with me any amount of time, and hopefully you've already seen my heart today. Listen, I know that our area is filled with incredible churches. Got great pastors. There are great programs and ministries that happen all around this hill country. And, and here's the, I would love to help you find one. I know that this house, 1910, is not gonna be for everybody. I know that. It's not the preaching, but that music is just so loud. And, and, and we got homeboy up here in his Yeezys bouncing around like he was in Menudo or something, you know? And, all that. But Ezra, I love you, bro. That's my boy right here. Got my Snuggy music going on right now. I love that. No, I'm just kidding. But I know that this house is not for everybody. Some of y'all are offended what I just said right now. <laughs> trying to be, just having fun and being real, right? But here's the deal. I want to open myself up to you. I want to help you find a church. You need to be connected. So if you're looking for a church where the pastor wears a suit and tie, I can help you with that. If you're looking for a church that, 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 that sings songs out of a book, I know a place. If you need a church that, that, that is more liturgical, that, 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 that deals with more of the old traditions, hey guys, I can help you with that. You like a church where the preacher's not as long-winded? I can help you with that as well. You like a church with a preacher that's in shape and attractive? I can help you with that as well. You, 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 you see what I'm saying? There's a and I would be it would be a the the greater tragedy for me is for you to sit on the sidelines and not be connected anywhere, and so you can email me at jason.brown at 1910church.com if you're looking for a spiritual home. I want to help you find one. I do. I mean that. And I'm not embarrassed to say that the staff's going, oh, come on. I don't care. I just want people to be connected somewhere. You need a place and they need you. Find a place and stick with it. Would you stand with me this morning? Listen, ministry team, come and make yourselves available today. I want to encourage you with this. If you desire to be like the early believers, if we want to be like the early church, that first century church, 
then we need to not only love the Word of God and study it and live by it, but we also need to spend time in fellowship with other believers. Stop going at it alone. We're not perfect. We got all sorts of warts and blemishes. But you do too. Y'all aren't perfect. Anybody perfect in this house? That's why we open up the doors every week because I know that there's a bunch of flawed, messed up people coming in, right? And we're gonna challenge and we're gonna do the best we can to try to understand what God's word says. And, and we're gonna be serious about not just sitting in this house and soaking it all up, but we're gonna live for the Lord out in this community. By the way, that's the greatest thing I love about this church is I love to hear stories of how you guys are being salt and light the other six days of the week that we're not together. I love that. I love to hear those stories about people saying, hey, somebody from your church, blah, blah, blah. I love to say, man, I see somebody from your church and your people just seem like they're always so excited. You know? Like, well, to eat up with Jesus. He's all on them. I love that. Find a place. I want to challenge you to spend time with the Father in communion this week. And I want to challenge you to find fellowship with the believers. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the reminder of your desire for us. God, thank you for modeling for us, Jesus, what it means to be in fellowship with our Father in heaven. Thank you for demonstrating that with your disciples and others while you were here on earth. And God, that's my prayer for everyone here today, that they find a place that they can commune with you, that they would find a place where they can fellowship with other believers. Lord, today I know that in a room this size that that there's some real needs and hurts and pains and struggles that we carry. Lord, I know that today in this room there may be someone here today that's dealing with some sort of physical ailment. Lord, that's why our ministry team stands down front today. We want to come alongside and pray with and encourage. God, we want to pray for breakthroughs in lives. And so God, I pray today that, that someone here that needs ministry would not miss this incredible opportunity to be ministered to. Lord, as we leave here today, we go in your power and in your strength. May the Holy Spirit rise up and well up within us. God, may we walk with you each and every day this week. All for your glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.